0: What's up, coaches? Uh, hopefully you guys are enjoying your off-season a little bit, uh, about to make your way out to clinics. Uh, you guys make sure and, and stop by runningthepower.com. Go check out the installs that we're doing with our free and our premium memberships, uh, as well as our summit that we've got coming up here in February. Uh, This episode of the podcast is brought by the powerful Sideline Power. Sideline Power is an industry leader in coaching communication. Offering cutting-edge technology and innovation, Sideline Power helps coaches around the country elevate their program to the next level with new and used headsets, end-zone cameras, drones, portable sound systems, timers, and much, much more. Sideline Power works one-on-one with some of the most influential coaches and nationally ranked programs in high school football. Throughout the expansion of their product offering, Sideline Power has remained committed to offering quality coaching communication at price points for every program. They're family owned and operated with a customer first mentality. Sideline Power is truly the number one choice for coaching communication. Visit them at sidelinepower.com, email at infosidelinepower.com, at or just give them a call 800 496 4290. This episode is also brought to you by Power Lift. We don't just like PowerLift because of their powerfully awesome name. We also use PowerLift at Broken Arrow and Ankeny to design both of our facilities. PowerLift is a trusted program that has designed the University of Oklahoma, Iowa, Baylor University, and modern-day High School's weight facility just here in the last few years, along with obviously many, many more. Let PowerLift take your unique needs and use them to design your state-of-the-art facility. From concept to completion, choose PowerLift. Powerful ideas, powerful results, Made in the USA. Go check out PowerLift at power-lift.com. On this episode of RTP, we talk with Mike Vilarvic. Coach Vilarvic is the head coach at Nashville High School in Nashville, Arkansas. Listen as we talk with Coach Vilarvic about his coaching career and moving from college back to high school and how to operate his scorched earth offense and use some unusual formations to gain numbers and alignment advantages. You guys can find all of that stuff, uh, even more of that stuff, on CoachTube. You can follow Coach Vilarvik on Twitter at m Hope you guys enjoy. How many do you have to do? Um, like the acclimation period and stuff. I think here in Oklahoma, we got to do like four days acclimation period. Uh, like helmets. Yeah, only. we do.
1: Yeah, well, we do two helmets, then we can get kind of into shells, and then day six you can go full. We we don't do a whole lot of uh, uh just full to the ground stuff, but sure. Uh, that that day six is is your day you can go full, but I mean, and I don't know how you guys. I, I you know talked to a couple people. I know Oklahoma does some stuff, but we I mean we have with the team camps and seven on sevens and all the stuff you do now. I mean it's it's kind of I don't really understand the rule. I, I you know you go <laughs> right. You you go to team camps all summer, and then you get into camp, and they say, "Hey, now you have to go helmets to you know you have to back off the helmets." And it's like I've been to you know several team camps several and workouts so, all all summer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've worked out and you've worked out, and you know. So, but and then they want you. But I guess you know you know you never know how everybody does it. There's probably some schools out there that don't you know don't do as much, sure. or their kids don't come, or whatnot. So I guess you got to take it in account for them, you know.
0: How many weeks do you guys get before your first
1: game? yeah well, we're kind of in a unique deal this year. you know usually our first game's usually on the thirty first so or the thirtieth thirty first something like that, so you go for um you know what would that be one, two, three, you know you'd usually get about you'd get a you get a bit you know so that's right. what one week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, really five yeah, weeks or whatnot. five, yeah but uh, but uh. Arkansas added a zero week this Mm -hmm. year so you can you can get your three you know your three non-conference games in four weeks if you want to and just have a bye week somewhere so we're doing that but we're also playing in Little Rock at like a classic like a kickoff classic to start the year so our game's on a Monday so we play on Monday the 20th wow which is the earliest I've ever played a football game. So, but I don't get to, I don't get to start camp any earlier. Jeez. Yeah. So uh, that's we, we practice for like, we practice for like three weeks and then, and then we're starting. So it's a, uh, I really lose out on two weeks of fall camp, but I'm, you know, kind of excited about it actually. Well, see, we
0: went, we went to the zero week at Broken Arrow um, maybe three years ago, but uh, it, it's tough, man. Cause our first game, you know, now if you, go, if you go to the zero week, now you only get to have one preseason scrimmage. Um, so right. we get a week, which four of those days are in helmets, and then you get the next week with a scrimmage against another team at the end, and then the third week, it's game week. So, I mean, it's right. it up really, really
1: quick. Yeah, it is. And, and you know, the, the thing I kind of like, you know, so we're going zero week, week one, week two, and then we have a bye week three before we start our conference. But the thing I kind of like about the zero week is, um, you know, it's kind of the old saying, you always get, get better between week one and week two is your biggest improvement. So the with us going on Monday of zero week, I have like 11 days before week two. Wow. Yeah, that's so, true. It, so I can kind of, you know, coach up our mistakes and really, really take time to look at what we did wrong in week, you know, week zero before we get to our next game. And then the other thing is, that i like is you know fall camp gets so monotonous for those kids you know for coaches too but you know they're always ready to hit a different color and uh you know it kind of shortens it down a little bit obviously for coaches you know you always want more practice time and more days and you know you're never ready but you don't feel but it kind of cuts it down so that's i think that'll be that'll be good too we're
2: doing the same thing up here in Iowa. We're just two weeks, and then we're, we hammer right into it. I think they're always in a big hurry to get the season done up here is always my running joke. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get closer. To re- we need to get into wrestling season and track season a little bit faster. Let's go. Let's get this thing moving.
1: We only play nine games, and then it's playoffs. The, uh, yeah, we, have, we, have, uh, we go 10. So, But it's, uh, yeah, the August 20th, that's the, that's the earliest I've ever started. Yeah, that's the earliest I've, I've ever
0: even heard of. You know, normally it's that last week maybe in August, you know, maybe even in right. September. But the 20th is uh, – you guys will be hitting it quick. But, you know, it, yeah. it'll keep those practices from getting stale. I mean, it, those kids got – I mean, it, we're, we're playing a game here in a couple of weeks. You better get rolling.
1: Yeah, and that's what that's what we've kind of been preaching on. But, you know, I think, you know, sometimes it falls on deaf ears. You know, you the kids get preached to so much, that, but it's going to – it's going to be here it's going to be here real fast, we've been trying to tell them, but uh you know game week's going to be here before you know it so they'll they'll figure it out coach
2: what are what are some ways you know you're you're kind of doing your installation and practice you know throughout the summer i would I would imagine by the time you guys get into fall camp as as much as you guys do in the off season and summer, most of your offense is probably already in i would guess
1: yeah we we really i mean through the summer. In the spring, you know, we get most – well, I say most of it. We get our base stuff in. So, we'll, you know, we're not a team that – we do use some motion and some different things and, and, and some speed motion and stuff like that. But, you know, we're not a team that shifts a lot and moves a lot of parts. And, uh, you know, we'll get – throughout the summer and stuff, we'll be 10 personnel – some you know we'll get an empty and we'll get some 11 personnel stuff or you know with a sniffer if you call that 20 or 11 depending on whatever you're whatever you're doing but uh and we really just stay base and get our base concepts you know we're inside zone outside zone gap pretty much in the run game and then we try to get our pass concepts in and then once we get to the season we'll we'll tinker with them as far as hey if we want to move some guys or change formations or or getting some different personnel groups or, you know, if you will, whether it be in some kind of diamond 30 or tight end, you know, whatever, you know, whatever game plan dictates. But uh, we pretty much just concentrate on that base stuff and kind of teach it, teach the concepts we're doing, teach the, you know, the O-line. Hey, this is, here's our protections. Here's our run game. And uh, just kind of hammer it over and over and over and over. And we don't, we don't do a whole lot of, uh, we don't do a whole lot of different things, so we try to get them really good at that.
0: Uh, you know, I make fun of seven-on-seven seven all the time, but but honestly, as an offensive line coach, I think it makes a lot of sense wanting to do it all summer, as long as you're with your team, um, because it, it seems like, anyways, to me, it would be, you know, good for your quarterback. He's making reads that he's going to have to during the season, and then, uh, you know, once you start fall, hopefully, you don't have to teach your receivers, you know, the majority of your of your routes. And they already know exactly what they're supposed to do on certain plays. You've worked it all summer. So now when it's time to get in pads, you know, maybe you hone that craft or you add a few things. But for the most part, they should know where to line up and what route to run because of, you know, all seven on seven all summer. Uh, are you getting, as, you know, I know sometimes it it, it could be different depending on who you're playing or, or who you're scrimmaging or whatever in seven on seven. But uh, do you seem to, think you get realistic looks in seven on seven or uh, are most teams giving you seven on seven looks on defense if that makes any
1: sense yeah, oh, yeah totally I mean it's hit or miss you know for us I mean I, I enjoy going to them because well for several reasons one I think it's a way that I think it's good to have the kids compete you know it's a way for them to get in and compete and, and the kids get into it they, I mean they the players get in there they want to win And I think it's anything they're competing at is good Two, I guess it's a way to, it's a way they can they can condition and they don't know they're conditioning. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, some of those seven on seven days are a grind. I mean, we'll show up at, you know, we'll start at nine o'clock and we'll be there till five in the evening or whatever. You know, you play six, seven games and it's 95 degrees outside. Uh, And who knows how many reps those receivers ran or, you know, those, those DBs or whatnot. So, I think it's a way to get real good conditioning out of them. And they really don't even know their conditioning and they're gassed at the end of it. And they, you know, they, they sleep for the whole next day. (laughs) And then you, you do get a whole lot of reps. I mean, you get our receivers, our defensive guys. I mean, they get a ton of reps and we're a team that, you know, we run what we're going to run during the year. I mean, we go in that thing and we play, you know, cover two and cover four and, you know, we'll have a trips check or whatever. I mean, that's about what we do. And it, and it, it may put us in position not to not win the seven on seven game or tournament or whatever. Right. But I'm not really as concerned of that as I am of just getting there and getting my guys as many reps as I can. I think it's a good way to get reps. So you'll see some, I mean, you'll get those guys that I I made the comment earlier this summer, you know, we played one of those games where they came out and played two man the whole time. And, you know, I think the last time someone played two man on us in a, a, a game, we scored like 70 something. So, You know, it's not a, it's not a, I don't know if I've seen very much two man, you know, in the past, I don't know how many years, a couple snaps here and there, you know, you may get it on a third and long, but you know, you'll get those teams that'll go out and play it the entire time or you get those teams that'll go empty the whole time and they won't get an empty once during the year, but we actually get in a good bit of empty during the year. And so we, you know, we do a little bit of empty in the seven on seven, but, uh, do you, do, you motion, you know,
0: do you motion to empty a lot, or do you guys just start out in empty?
1: We usually start out in it. I mean, we, we do have some stuff where we'll, we'll, we'll motion a guy back, either with the running back, or there's sometimes we'll go five wides and start a guy in the backfield and, uh, you know, motion him out. We do do some of that. But, that, you know, probably 90% of the time we're in empty, we, just, we, we usually just line up in empty.
2: Hmm. My, my favorite Harper was always the, the guys that ran sprint out pass in seven-on-seven seven in empty. Like you got you guys must have the best tackles in the world, man. Sprint, sprint out block.
0: Reach everybody.
1: <laughs> yeah. The one the one we saw a lot this year was you'd get like in, the two guys would get in two by two and they'd run smash with the with the running back right up the middle, but he he goes right through the center's butt. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> just and just I mean, he, he just takes it off, you know. So that's a that we got that one quite a bit this uh this summer actually. So I, I, I that was my all time favorite. I always called that one tailpipe
2: to tee tee down the <laughs> tee down the pipe but the way I explain it is he's running right up the tailpipe at the center that, that that's perfect yeah coach you're uh, you, you've got a few you know uh, books and articles up on on coach tube you know uh scorched earth offense i've I've had a chance to take a look at it it's a lot of good stuff and uh the one that really caught my eye was uh you know y- using unusual formations so, can you maybe give a give a few examples of what what are some of your favorites what what are you trying to get out of some of these unusual formations and and you know how how successful have those things kind of been for you
1: guys through over the the past five six seasons you know i think it's i think it's one thing, and you see a lot of it with uh you know everyone's trying to kind of have a the little wrinkle of of what they're you know trying to get out of whether you're stacking receivers whether you're uh, getting in some kind of four by one, and we do we do all those things. Whether you're get you know some kind of unbalanced formation, mm-hmm. you know I've been really a spread guy since about I guess two thousand. Um, this is going on my this will be my twentieth year coaching this year. I coached in college for sixteen years, and then this will be my fourth year in high school. And you know in two thousand, two thousand one, two thousand two, not many people were running spread. You could kind of line up in three-by-one and, you know, get your X receiver one-on-one and play catch with that guy. Or you could get in two-by-two, and you may see 4-4 cover three the whole game. And because people didn't really know how to line up to it as much. But what's happened is, is, you know, as as defense has evolved and stuff like that, you know, I've kind of found it that you need to do something to either try to create numbers, um, create numbers, get an uncovered guy, get a matchup. Whatever it is, so so a couple things we've done is just try to build it in, not necessarily create new plays, but create formations that may give you numbers. Create unbalanced receivers, whether you're putting two receivers on, uh, you know, on the same side of the ball, or whether going, you know, four by one, whether you're motioning to a four by one, um, you know, just some different things like that, because. Like I said, I mean, as those defenses have come along, you really don't get those one-on-one opportunities anymore, uh, you know, where you you used to be able to get them. So I think, um, you know, just creating whether it's a, you know, a three-back look, stacked receivers, more than anything, a lot of times it'll just give the defensive coordinator and the defensive staff something to meet about that week uh, that they may, um, you know, not really want to meet about.
0: It's funny that you say that, you know, talking about back in, in 2000, 2002 time, where, where it was like no one had seen spread offense. That was uh, our coordinator now at Broken Arrow. He he kind of started off, uh, you know, air raid spread. And uh, he was at a 3A school in, in Oklahoma in like probably 2008, probably. It's just around then. And, and he, you know, he would tell, he just tells all these stories of all the coaches he's playing against. And they're like, oh, you're just going out there playing recess and I mean, all sorts of stuff because they had never seen it. And that's what he said. These guys are still in, right. you know, 4-4 four, four, cover three. And he's just, I mean, not even covering guys and, and have never even seen anything like it. They're not ready for the up-tempo part of it. And so, at that time, it was like no one had seen it. You're the only book on the shelf. It was, it was, it was almost easy to go out there. You know, he he roll the dice and pick a play. But, but now it's like yeah. a lot of teams do it, yeah, especially, I mean- especially, I think, in, in certain states more than others even.
1: Right. I mean, you could go out there and you may be in two by two, a 10 personnel deal and you would get, you know, five, two cover two <laughs> and, and yeah. no, no one, you know, no one would be over your slot receivers. They just leave them uncovered or, or you may get the answer may be, Hey, we're going to go cover zero blitz the whole game. So, I mean, you'd see, you know, you'd see defensive coordinators, it would do different things, but, and then, you know, now, you know, you see, it's a little bit harder, you know, for some people, it's a little bit harder to, to line up to maybe 21 personnel because they're lining up to three by one or they're lining up to a two by two all game. But with that, you know, and I've, I've traditionally been a spread guy and I've been a 10 personnel guy and an empty guy. And, you know, in Oh one, Oh two, Oh three, Oh four, uh, you know, we really didn't even have a fullback or a tight end on campus. It was almost strictly 10 personnel or empty the whole time. Well, what you get with that is what I found, uh, you know, there were times that it was hard to get some short yardage stuff, you know, when it was, third and one or third and short. And, and, you know, they got six guys on the line of scrimmage, you know, it was, I mean, you didn't have enough guys. So you look at it and you get some of the true air raid guys or something like that to where you look at it and they, you know, they, they're, they're kind of wholesale to that philosophy. You know, I I looked at it some and I said, well, I don't, you know, to me, it's not, I mean, I can't block six with five, you know, it's just, (laughs) especially if you don't have a quarterback that can run and back, you know, back then there wasn't a whole lot of, you know, zone read or, or whatever. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know a way to block six with five or seven with five. Or, so, you know, you start adding a football, uh, fullback in there, you start adding some other guys, and then you get into some of the unusual stuff. In, in 10 personnel, I mean, you, there's only so many ways you can line up. You're going to line up in two by two, you're going to line up in three by one. You make and, you know, you can get into empty, but there's only so many things. And there's, so I like every week creating one or two packages out of something unusual that you can go into that game that's real easy for your kids say hey this week we're going to be you know we may be in a 30 personnel deal or hey we're going to go we're going to bring four by one in this week or we're going to have some stack stuff or whatever it is it's easy for your kids that you run plays that you normally are run and uh you know, by the time you get, you know, if you use two of them one week one, and maybe two of them week two, and two of them week three, your week four opponent comes comes along, and well, they obviously have to prepare for that stuff, right? But they may not they may not see any of it but you yeah, may be on the two new little two new little wrinkles.
0: Sure, that's. I mean, by the time you get to the playoffs, you know, each each playoff team you, you see now they they've got whatever that is over the year eight, ten, you know, twelve plays that or formations that maybe you haven't done a lot out of, but They've got to at least prepare for it because they've seen it, you know, and so now they're, they're at least taking some time out to, to talk that and maybe that takes away from, you know, some of the base stuff that you do anyways. And so uh, I, I've always – you know, we do that in a little bit different way because, like you said, we're more 21 and, and part of that is, like you said, there's so many uh, spread teams that we, we are now – now it's kind of like the big formations, at least in Oklahoma – are, uh, you know, are, are the change-up for people. But, but we try to throw right. out a lot of formations the same way like you're talking about because now week 10 or a week in, you know, two weeks in the playoffs, now that team goes and backs, looks at all of our film. You know, they've got a lot of different formations that are rule-breakers for them or, you know, they've got to at least hit on before, the, before their game. And, you know, I think that takes a, some time, I don't know how much, but some time away um, from their practices that week.
1: Yeah, and, and I've, had, I've had a lot of success doing it down on the goal line with with some of that big stuff. You know, you get down there and it may be a deal. And, you know, you've seen Stanford do it over the years where you get down there and you may have seven or eight l- offensive linemen in the game. You know, you create a four-man surface on one side and a three-man surface on the other side. Or you create those two surfaces and then you shift and you go, you know, you shift to four on the where the three was and three on the other. And then, uh, you know, that may be a goal line package for one game. And then the next week, it's, it's a little bit different, you know, to where, you know, if you're, if you're lining up with that, there's a whole lot of gaps that have to be accounted for and a whole lot of surface area and defensively, and then if you stand up and maybe shift a guy, which that is kind of some of the shift stuff we do is down on the goal line, um, I mean, they have to prepare for that. And, and it, like you said, if you're in the playoffs or what, whatever, and they, if they don't get it right, you know, it's a, they have to prepare for it. And, you know, it may take away from them just working on, what your base offense is, whether it's, you know, inside zone or you're throwing the stick or, or whatever it is, they don't, sure. they may be taking time away from that.
2: Coach, how much do you guys do? So, I mean, you're in 10 personnel and you, it, it is limited, you know, with kind of the overall structure, but how much do you guys do, you know, messing around with wide receiver splits, maybe running, you know, compressed formations, bunch formations, two by two bunch, I know you said you stack the receivers. I'm assuming you stacking them probably, you know, about the hash or so. Is there, is there anything that you're doing in 10 personnel? That's kind of, you
1: know, funky or compressed. A little bit. Every once in a while we will. I, I didn't, you know, I've kind of, and I used to do some of that. I've kind of got away from it just for, I mean, I don't know, no reason really, I guess. It's just, there's only so much stuff you can practice and get done and, uh, You know, I've done some stuff where you squeeze receivers and bring them in there and, you know, you may run some kind of smash concept or some kind of, you know, stick in there or, uh, you know, there's some good stuff where you, you know, we we did some stuff where you can bring in and have a sniffer and run some kind of zone slice and throw it to the guy or boot out of it. But, and we'll mess around with some of that stuff. and, And, but really, honestly, lately, I haven't, I haven't been doing a whole lot of that. It's been more kind of spread concept because I've, I've always kind of been a guy to, you know, if you bring them in there, that's just one or two more guys I got to block uh, with a guy who's probably not very good at blocking. Um, so if I go stand him out on the numbers, maybe he doesn't have to block as good. <laughs>
0: that was always my argument with, with diamond formation when guys were using, you know, three athletes in the backfield. Like you're bringing so many more guys up here and, and there's none of those guys can block. You're, you're kind of right. – killing the offensive line a little bit when they're in that that, like athletic. We've done it. We've,
1: we've really done it two ways. We've really done that diamond stuff two ways and I'll do it, you know, really with like a two fullbacks, you know, there to where it's, you're running double ISO or something like that, which is, which is okay. And then I've done it with the three running backs, but that's more of a horizontal, horizontal stretch thing where we're running, you know, maybe power read or outside zone or something like that. But, you know, really, a couple of years ago, I actually started getting into some 21 personnel. And we were pretty – you know, everyone had always thought of us as – you know, we had led the nation in passing and, hey, they're a spread team and they're going to throw it all. But so much of it came out of 21 personnel because we'd go against these quarters teams. Hmm. And, you know, the quarters teams – I mean, twenty in 21 personnel, quarters turns into zero. I mean, defensive coordinators will say it's not. But, it, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> cover zero. They squeeze those guys down to seven yards. Uh-huh. And now – Now I got one-on-one on on the outside. So if that guy's running fade or post and you play action, I mean, that's why I got into 21 personnel. I got into 21 personnel so you'd bring everyone within eight yards of the ball and I could get the one-on-one that I used to get out of trips 15 years ago. (laughs) But now you never get it. You know, you never get one-on-one out of trips. So I got in 21 personnel uh, to get that. Now the diamond formation is kind of just another wrinkle to do that. You know, you'll get a quarters team or whatever, and then you got three backs, and they roll those guys down. allows you to get one-on-one again out there.
2: It's the same argument I, I had all the time, and I, I still try to have with, with guys, you know, they're staunch, strict spread. And I'm like, well, if you want to throw the ball and you don't want your best receivers to get doubled, create more gaps in the run game. You know, so if you're 21 personnel and you're in the eye or you got to move full back or you're, you're 12 two-by-two, two, just like you said, you know, they're not going to let you – they're going to have to have enough guys to cover eight gaps in the run game. And then at the same time, okay, now they're going to have to single up my, my dudes outside, or they're going to have to make a choice. Well, we're going to have to double that guy outside. Well, I should be able to run the ball now. So, I mean, those formations, I still still think, serve a purpose and have a place for what you want to do because you're still dictating to the defense what you want to get done.
1: Yeah, we, you know, a couple – back in, I guess it was 12 and 13, and I was at – uh you know I was the offensive coordinator at Henderson State and we went through two years two years where we scored over 50, we averaged over 50 a game one year we were like at 51 and one year we were like at 54 and we had led the nation in passing one year and that was all, all everybody division 1 division 2 the whole deal and then the next, the other year we were like third and a lot of that came out of 21 personnel stuff and it, i mean it was amazing to me you know we were throwing the ball for like 440 yards a game and we'd get in 21 personnel. And defenses, they'd be in quarters. They'd walk those guys down. And, and um, I mean, we're sitting there in week check. 10. I'm the, we're, we're sitting there in week 10. I'm like, golly. I mean, they, did they watch film? I mean, if they would have just stayed in cover two, I probably would have got out of it. Because we weren't – I mean, we ran the power in the split zone, and we, were, and we were good. We were good at it. and We were okay. But it's not really what we wanted to do. You know, we but, – but sure enough, you get in 21 personnel. That you know, they're a four-three cover four team, so that's what they do. They walk those guys down, and it was just—I mean, it was over and over and over, week after week. And it wasn't until about week ten the uh, team played. They just stayed in cover two on us, and uh, you know, we we ran the ball some, and then we got out. But it was—I uh, mean, it was it was amazing. I, I couldn't believe it.
0: <laughs> I love that you said. I always try to remind you know some of our receivers cuz obviously you know I think probably every receiver would like to initially play in a spread throw it around a bunch of offense but I try to always remind them you know Cal- Calvin Johnson you know played for or Megatron you know played for uh the Georgia Tech right, right. So, I mean, it, that that same reason you know if they're going to single him up he's going to get the ball and and did an awesome job went and played you know obviously really good in the NFL but um you right. still be a big time good receiver and and get to pick your spots and make really, really good, you know, big chunk plays uh, when they do, do single yep. up. So I think it's really cool that you brought that up. Uh, you know, I don't think you hear that a whole lot out of the, the uh, guys that are 21 personnel guys. You know, you don't hear just the benefits sometimes from those guys of, of the past game, I don't think. And, and there's a lot of them. And, and I know, you know, 12, when Walls, when Coach Walls is over at Broken Arrow, we've gotten a lot of 12 with, with receivers both on one side. Uh, you know, and so right. three by one, but two, two tight ends. And, and I just thought it was, it was awesome. It did some really cool things. And then, you know, sometimes you go the nub tight end with the trips over there and it just really makes, makes a defense have to decide, you know, what, what are we going to do? What are we not okay with getting beat with? And then, you know, if, if you're good enough uh, at both positions or both spots, then then you kind of pick your point, you know, they got to pick their poison and, and you're good enough, then you can take advantage of it.
1: Yeah. I think the other thing gives you too. it gives you a way to, you know, it gives you the way to protect your quarterback. You know, if you have a, a tight end, a fullback, a running back, and you're, you know, we, you know, we do a lot of – it was kind of token fake play action, but it was, it was full slide, both backs off the edge. I mean, you got a whole bunch of people you're blocking with and a full slide protection that's uh, – most of the time we'd put our running backs to the tight end side, so they really wouldn't even have to block anybody half the time. And, and you'd full slide that thing, and you have a chance to throw one-on-one, whether you double move it or you have like, some kind of twins look, like you said, where you can play two-man game with those guys, and, you know, it'd save your quarterback a hit. You don't have to worry about any kind of hots or side of – you know, and you can just drop back, give your receiver a chance to win. Uh, and that's one thing we tell our guys all the time. We said, look, guys, we're going to get in this, and we're going to get one-on-one. And that's – one's the best matchup in football. And mm-hmm. I, I tell them, if you can find a way to get one-on-zero, let me know. <laughs> but uh, because I mean I'm I'm open you know I'm not hard-headed enough to where I'll take those one-on-zeros but I mean we're getting this we're getting one-on-one and if you can if you can win great if you, you know and then if they can't win then that's a whole nother discussion so
0: sure <laughs> well coach I'm always kind of interested so so you started in you know in the 2000s like you said going to a uh, spread spread offense where'd you kind of cut your teeth or where'd you kind of get that from? Cause I always think it's really interesting. Different guys are kind of from different trees, I guess, of the spread offense. And so, uh, kind of always interested with, with, you know, how guys started in that offense or who they, you know, quote unquote learned that from.
1: Well, I learned, I grew up in California and, uh, got an opportunity at the junior college I was at out there to, to, to play for some really good guys. And I eventually went back there and coached there for two years, but, guy named Steve Cox and another guy named Terry Malley, who, uh, you know, they'd been at – Terry Malley had been at Santa Clara. He was actually the offensive coordinator and general manager for the San Jose Sabercats, which was an arena team out there for a long time and uh, kind of got to play and learn under them. And, and then when I – I coached for two years out there, but then in 2001 started working for uh, Scott Maxfield, who's the head coach at Henderson State right now. And uh, he'd been doing some spread stuff for a a year or two i guess uh when i got with him and you know had been really successful and this was coaching uh in the mississippi jucos and kind of stayed with him in mississippi then we went out to texas coached at blinn college for a couple of years and uh he went and took the job at henderson state and i went back to mississippi and and worked for several years worked at east mississippi and uh some different places but that it kind of originated there you know coach maxfield obviously, you know, good friend of mine and, and taught me a lot with that. And we, you know, we're able to bounce ideas off each other and, and you know, kinda of learned a lot from him and it's kind of just kind of grown throughout the years. Coach, I
2: think, you know, work working at the junior college level, it really forces you to 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 analyze, you know, how how simple your offense has to be for, for a couple of reasons. Obviously you're dealing with, you know, some kids who, you know, weren't as strong in school or had some some sort of issues of, you know, attendance, whatever it might be. So that's going to be one deal. And also now you're dealing with kids for only two, possibly three years if you do redshirt them. Can you talk a little bit about how maybe it forced you guys to, to really simplify how you teach it and, and how you guys name and work your system?
1: I, I mean, I think that's, you know, I think I'm, I'm a junior college guy kind of at heart. You know, like I said, I played junior college football and I coached it for 13 years. So Uh, I've coached it in California. I've coached it in Texas. I've coached it in Mississippi. So I've kind of seen the differences in the States and this and that, and you hit it right on the head. I mean, you have guys for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, you're trying to get them out in December. You don't have that long. You, I mean, you're, some of those guys have nine on the ACT. I mean, it just, it is what it is. I mean, they're not, I mean, that you, and, but they're really good football players, you know, yeah. you get really good football players and you got to figure out how to get a, a guy with a nine, a 10, a 12, how to get them on the field. Cause they're your, they're your, they're your lifeline to being successful. And you can't have a system that's so, so complicated that, Hey, my stuff's really good, but Joey over there can't learn it. You know? So he's going to stand right there next to me. You know, well, you got to find a way for Joey to get out there on the field and, and get it done. So I think that, you know, having a way for, you know, obviously to communicate and we're simple, you know, our, our, our stuff that we do, I mean, it's one word stuff or it's numbered. Uh, you know, we don't, you know, I'll number my, I'll number or concept, my past concepts. It's not necessarily, I don't use really a passing tree or anything like that, but it's more, it's more concept based, you know, you got to find a way to get those guys on the field. And then when I, when I transitioned into four-year football, it was, I kept the same stuff, but you have obviously a little bit more time with them and you can kind of go into the ins and outs of it a little bit more. And the one thing that was different about four-year football is just how you can develop players. Mm -hmm. I was kind of used to, Hey, I need a guy right now that can play. I don't have a lot of time to maybe develop them because you get, you know, an off season or two with them, you know? So uh, at the four-year ball, there was guys that would come in as freshman, redshirt freshman, or whatever, and I'd be like, "Look, that guy's never going to play." And you look up four years later, and he's an all all conference guy. <laughs> nope. And uh, I, I didn't, you know, especially especially like on the offensive line, that's where I'd see it a lot. You'd get some of these guys that would come in as offensive linemen, and I'd, I'd, I'd look. I mean, he's going to get somebody hurt. You know, you, you it'd be at the yeah. end, it'd be at the end of a game. It'd be at the end of a game, and you'd be able to put some of those guys in. And I, I remember telling the offensive line coach, I'm like, look, get him out. He's going to get somebody killed. I love a kid. He's a great kid. He can't play. And, uh, you know, he'd go through. That would be his second year and third year. You'd look up at his fourth year, and he's starting. He knows the system. He's transformed his body. He's technically sound. He knows it in and out. And, uh, you know, we had several guys like that. But at the junior college level, it's a, I mean, it's a, they're trying to, they're trying to not. They don't want to be there very long, you know. They want to be there a year and a half. A lot of them have to stay the two years because if they can't get graduated. But uh, you know, they come in. You gotta, you gotta get them. You gotta get them taught up real quick and find something they can do and keep it simple.
0: I always thought that was the coolest part about, you know, like you said, the four-year colleges. Just and and like you said with linemen, it's really cool to see some kids come in that have had to work their butt off just to be not very good. Uh, and then whatever, they hit a growth spurt or their body finally comes into its own from working hard in the off season, And now a kid like you said that you don't want him even on the field because he might get your uh, second string or third string quarterback or running back hurt. You know, now he's, he's worked hard, worked his butt off to have, be good at technique, just to be not very good. And now all the other stuff came along with him. Now he's a really good player and it's kind of out of nowhere. And, and a lot of times those guys stay pretty humble because they've had to be their whole life. And, and you right. just see the pure joy of someone that's that's a good person and has worked hard their whole life and now now he's also a good football player
1: yeah I think you hit it right on the head and you I mean you'd see that with those guys because you know like you said they would go in there and work and we'd always tell them we said look if you stay you'll play you know and so you look up and, and it'd be because you do get a lot of turnover and you get guys that you know they don't play in their first two years or three you know so they end up going home or transferring or whatever they whatever they do, but you get them, and they just you know they'd work. And by the time you look up, they're in their fourth year, and they're great technicians. They 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 know the system. You know that you know you may be in a you may be in half slide protection left, and they'll bring NCAA blitz the other way, and they kick the protection back the other way, and they I mean they get it done. And uh, you know you're looking up, and you're like, man, he's a he's a really good player for us. And they just you know it's like you said, they're humble about it, and they you know you would have you don't see it as much as the, at the skill positions. Cause I mean, if you, if you can score touchdowns, you can score touchdowns right Right. Yeah. People don't generally get a, people don't generally get a whole lot faster. I mean, if you come in as a freshman and you're really fast and you can score a whole bunch of touchdowns, uh, you know, I, I haven't been around a whole bunch of players that couldn't do that. And then by the time four years later, they could. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you know, hey I'm I got a whole lot faster and now, now I can make people miss. I mean, that's kind of <laughs> God given or not, but those linemen can get, those linemen can just – I mean, they can improve so much and they can change their size. You know, you, you'll get guys that will come in and – I mean, I've seen guys gain like 100 pounds before, you know, uh, come in as not a lineman and end up a lineman. So, or a defensive end or something like that. So, um, you know, you get in there and they, they stay. They stick it out and they, they, they work really, really hard. And they, next thing you know, they're, they're really good. You can't afford to take them out because, they, you know, they can play guard. They can play tackle. You can move them around. And it's uh that that was fun to see because I'd never really been around that.
0: So the you know with with pass pro and, and a lot of different even alignments, uh, spread you know, spread offenses do so many different things with their offensive line just depending on you know what that coach's beliefs are. Were you guys a a big split uh, up front? Were you guys vertical pass setting at all, or or what was your you know what was your offensive line doing when you first started getting into the. Uh, or when you first started coaching, coordinating uh, the spread offense,
1: we were, you know, we weren't really overly big. We didn't get the big splits. I mean, you, we talk, you know, we'd be two or you know, three feet, maybe some. We're a lot of, we know we would adjust based on play. And if you know, if you're the one thing about those big splits, I think it's and it's really hard to, to zone block if you have those big splits. You know, you you can kind of throw your combos and stuff out the window. And right. I've always kind of been a zone a zone guy. So, uh. You know, hey, are we getting close together on this? Because we got to work a combo, or hey, I'm by myself, so I'm gonna scoot out and give myself a little bit more room. So it's kind of been by play. We've I've tried always tried to teach those guys to you can cheat your split in or out, or hey, is it pass or run? You know, is it run to where we we play with them some? You know, on that, but it's never been overly big. Pass protection, I've always been a half slide, really a half slide, and then some full slide. uh coming to high school I've kind of got away from some of the full slide just because uh you know we don't we, we haven't really had the backs to get that done sure um but I but I've always liked full and if we have like if I have a sniffer in the game or a tight end stuff I still do like some full slide stuff just because especially if it's a team that's bringing a lot of pressure twist um I mean I just think it's real easy to get that all blocked up but for the most part it, you know I hadn't done much of the just straight vertical set you know uh bicycle and back it, it's always been kind of a half slide coach how, how difficult is it you know
2: to to find to find guys to kind of coach in your system I know you know in, in high school you, you kind of get what you get sometimes has it been a deal where you have a, a pool of coaches that really know your system quite well and and they've rolled with you or is it been more kind of a deal like you know what hey I kind of get what I get and uh, I have to coach the
1: coaches well when I, when I first got here and we've changed a little bit, obviously, like you mentioned in high school, you kind of, the, the players are what they are. You know, my first year here, uh, you know, I'm at Nashville high school now. And my first year here was 2015. And I'd, I'd come from Henderson state and we had been, like I told like I said before, we had, we had led the nation in passing two of the three two of my three previous years and one, one the uh, the year we didn't we were i think eighth in the nation in passing and when i came here my first year we led the state of arkansas in rushing we rushed for over 5000 yards uh in my first year here which was kind of you know out of my element but that's really what we had i had a quarterback who was one of the best athletes on the team he could really run he had a good arm but maybe wasn't a, you know couldn't Maybe not a drop back pass guy, but he could play action and throw to the guy I told him to. Um, So we went to a lot of power read, a lot of zone read. We ran some midline. Same kind of concepts, but we just changed it up a little bit. Same formation, same this. You know, we did some, you know, obviously some little bit of RPO stuff. But I think you have to kind of adjust to the players you have. You know, now we're back. I I have some quarterbacks. The last two years, I've had quarterbacks that could that could throw it pretty good, and I've thrown it a little bit more. So, but as far as the coaches, you asked. You know, when I got here, I kind of inherited the coaches that I that I had that were here. I was kind of fortunate because I had some guys that did a pretty good job and were. You know, it, it had been a good program, and that's where I'm fortunate where I'm at now. Just because, you know, you usually get jobs for two reasons. The the head coach before you wasn't any good and they fired him or he was really good and got another job. So Mm -hmm. um, this is really the first job I've ever had that the place was really good before I got there. Every other job I've had, you know, we got there because someone else had got fired and now it's your turn. So coming in here, the school historically had been successful, had some coaches that you know, some coaches that had played college football and had been around the game and done some things. So, so I was fortunate with them. Now I'm at a point going into my fourth season. Some of them have moved on. One of them's gone to administration. A couple of them took other jobs or whatnot. Another one got a head coaching job. So really my whole staff now has been guys that I've been able to, that I've been able to hire. Everybody but one I've been able to hire. And, uh, you know, several of them I've known from before and, Uh, you know several of them I've worked with before and so it's I'm I'm excited about where we're at right now what
0: are you looking for in that interview process when you when you just in general not necessarily per position but what are you looking for in general for a coach that wants to come onto your staff that kind of makes you think like yeah okay I like this guy because you know he does this this and this or or maybe even some general questions that you're trying to figure out certain things about guys because I always think that's really difficult you know I, I think uh when I, when I was playing in college, it was like one of our head coaches, I think he kind of got fired because he did a, a, a poor job of, of hiring coaches that were very good, and, and I'm sure he thought they were going to be really good when he first hired them. You know, and then I've also had some coaches that do a phenomenal job um, hiring good assistant coaches and coordinators. So what are some of the things that you look for uh, in, when, in the hiring process?
1: The hiring process can be tricky because lots of people interview well. You know, sure. there, there's lots of people that can get in there and, and kind of blow smoke and interview good and talk a good game. And, it, it, you know, it may be a guy that you, you don't know from, you know, you've never worked with before and this and that. So that, that can be tough. And I've been around a lot of guys and a lot of staffs that were like that. Then, you, then they get there and it, it may not, that may not be the, the case. I'm trying to hire great people. It, I've shuffled some guys on my staff. My offensive line coach was a defensive lineman in college that had never played offensive line, had never been around offensive linemen. He was a defensive lineman. Hmm. And I said, hey, I'm going to hire you, and you're going to be the offensive line coach. He was kind of out of his element, but he was actually a guy that uh, I had coached and was on the defensive side of the ball, so I knew his character. I knew his work ethic. I knew the things that he was going to do. I didn't necessarily have a D line job open at the time, but I had an O line job, and I said, "Hey, I'm going to get this guy." I mean, you can teach guys how to block people and and X's and O's and this and that, but what you don't always get is, "Hey, is that is that guy going to beat the players out of the locker room at the end of practice, trying to get home, or is he going to stay up and is he going to be the guy that you turn around and he's just sweeping the sweeping the locker up by himself because that's not his job? He just cares about it, you know, and uh." So I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get good guys, guys that the the players can look up to, guys that'll have a good relationship with the players, and and guys that I want to work with. I've been in I've been in situations where, you know, I mean I've been in situations where I didn't want to be there with my boss. You right. know, I'd hear the footsteps coming down the hallway, and I'd be like, man, I hope this dude didn't come back here to talk to me. <laughs> uh, and, I, and that's and that's miserable. I mean, life's too short to be in situations like that. And I've had coworkers that are like, you know, the same deal. And I want to be around a bunch of people that we get along together. We can have fun in the football office. We can have fun at practice. Uh, guys that are going to work, not, hey, I need someone to do this. I need someone to do this. Guys that, you know, kind of are self-starters. And, and again, everybody says they are in an interview. Right. Um, everybody says they are. Oh, I'm going to be the first one there and the last one to leave. And. <sighs> I promise you, no one's going to outwork me, and you know, no one has more <laughs> passion for me, but than yeah, me. And then from twenty guys in a row. Yeah, so I mean, you try to do it, but uh, you know, that, but that's really the kind of the vibe I'm trying to get, kind of, kind of figure out who who's going to work, you know, because especially at the high school level, I mean, and it's the same. Junior college is the same way. I mean, you don't. I mean, you do everything. I mean, you're the academic counselor. You know, Division II football is the same thing. You schedule classes. You class check. You, uh, I mean, I've gone in the shower and washed helmets before. I mean, it, it's you got to do all that stuff, and you got to have guys that are that are willing to get dirty, and you know, make their own copies and c- c- do their own cut ups, and, and 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 you know, go pick up a player if they need to get picked up, or drive them home, or you know, sometimes you don't get to go home, and you know, right when you want to. So that's really what I look for. I think that's awesome, Coach. I think, you know, it, it, It's I,
2: I really agree with what you said about, you know, guys being able to fake it and it. And, and actually kind of had me thinking there's actually a couple of interviews I went to. And it was funny you say that. They, like, those guys actually put me to work. Like, you know, they, right. they, they happen to be doing something and, and they kind of just, you know, during the interview, like, hey, I got I to go get something, get something done. Can you come with me and keep talking with me? And I, and now I look back at it, I think he's probably kind of testing me to see if I would right. hop in and help him with the laundry or, you know, and then a couple of times they walk you through the weight room where the players are. And, it, you know, I think he's just kind of waiting to see what I would do. Would I just stand off to the side or would I go talk to the players? And I think, you know, both times I hopped in or I went over and started talking to players and I ended up getting a job. But that's really interesting you say that. I think maybe there's a couple of ways you can you can kind of see if the guy put his money where his mouth is, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's and it's like I said, I have and I've had some people shuffle, you know, and that's I, I think you can kind of shuffle coaches, obviously someone if you're an O-line guy and that's your deal. I mean, it, it's one thing or if you're a DB's coach or this, but I, I feel that you can shuffle and I think it's good for guys to kind of learn both sides of the ball anyways. I mean, I've had work with some guys and I mean, I've been in a lot of staff meetings where, you know, you do a coaching school or whatever and it's like, all right, you know, I might be the offensive coordinator, but it's like, all right we're going over all our defensive stall for the first defensive install for the first week of camp. All coaches are in there and the defensive guys will get on the board and you'd sit in there. And sometimes as an offensive guy, you're in there and you're like, look, there's probably something else I can do. But <laughs> you know, you, you, you see them drawing up quarters and you see them drawing up and you're sitting there and you're thinking to yourself, you're like, well, that ain't, that ain't going to work. You know, <laughs> you fun, you can't man. play that corner and that technique. And you know, you kind of play who's got the pin last in your head. And obviously, you know, they'd be like, hey, anybody, and I, so you'd shoot questions at, I'm not trying to beat it, but not trying to beat that guy in the office, but, you know, and then sometimes it would, it would give them something that they hadn't thought about, or, but, you know, it allows you to learn the defensive side, or vice versa, if you flip it from the offense, you know, it's the same deal, so, you know, like, for example, the guy I have coaching offensive line right now, I mean, I think he's a lot better football coach than he was two years ago, um, just because he's kind of been thrown out of his element and you know, I mean, he bonds with those offensive line guys and they, you know, he loves them and they love, you know, they love him and he has fun with them. And, you know, he'll, he'll make them block him and, you know, he doesn't have any pads on and stuff like that. So it's a, uh, you know, I think you get, you just get guys that, that are going to be good with your kids that are going to work hard. And I think everything else kind of, you know, kind of falls into place.
0: That's funny. The, the, uh, uh, who has the marker last? I remember when, Walls, when you were there and, and uh, you know, the defense, we'd be drawing something and they'd yell in from the other room, that's not going to work. That was, my, that was my favorite. I still yell that at defensive coaches. Or, or they always do it. They always draw it upside down uh, on the board. I was like, you don't have enough guys on the line of scrimmage. You got all sort, You don't even have a quarterback you know, because the defense is now on the bottom. So that's probably my favorite part is, is ribbing those defensive coaches. And then there's always some that can handle it and think it's funny. And there's always a few that cannot, and they, they are not very good at handling, uh, you know, a ribbing back to them.
1: Definitely. The, <laughs> no, well, the de- the defensive guys, I mean, they have an extra, I mean, I've never seen a quarterback block someone and throw the ball. So they start with an extra guy anyways. That's right. And, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd always go in the defensive staff room. I'd like to go in there and, I'd draw up a formation with like 12 guys, you know, you draw up like your typical like 12 personnel but put a slot receiver in there.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And you know, draw up a play and draw, you know, defend this and then you'd see them in there working at it and some of those guys wouldn't even know there's dang 12 guys have drawn up there. They they they'd be trying to draw up their, you know, and then you and then I'd kind of be looking through the window and then you'd see them erasing it halfway through. But uh yeah, it's easy it's easy when you it's easy when you have the the last, but you playing what if well, Coach, uh, so so you talk
0: about, the kind of the interesting thing is that you just said it, and we were just talking to uh, uh, Coach Shenander, who's the defense coordinator at Nebraska, and, and he kind of said the same thing. You know, he talked about how important he felt it was for his GAs to, uh, if he had a defensive GA one year, he'd try to make sure that guy was an offensive GA the next year. and And he talked about, you know, obviously a lot of different benefits of it, but uh, even, uh, a big thing for him was, you know, so he, you could speak the same language to, uh, you know, their scout team. So he'd obviously have defensive GAs, but they'd be coaching the offense, you know, for scout team. And so right. he didn't want to call it zone, right. They want to be able to call it, you know, whatever it was 50. So, so he's got to right. go learn, you know, from those offensive coaches, or if he was already there the year before, it's a smooth transition, makes him a better football, football coach, you know, in general, but also helps their team in, in hearing the same exact play. And now, and it's something me and Walls have always said, now you're getting those, those kids that are scout kids, maybe it's your second or third string or your young kids, they're getting more reps of, of actual your plays. Because, you know, maybe they run zone a little bit different, but for the most part, everyone runs zone, everyone runs some gap scheme. Uh, if you can turn that into what your play call is, now your twos and your scouts are getting you know, valuable reps instead of just being the scout team.
1: Right, and I think it really helps, especially if you're a young coach. And, I mean, you know, you're a young coach, obviously you may have the position that you played in high school or college, and you understand that. But when you get out of playing, I mean, you think you know football, but you you really don't until you start coaching. I mean, some people do a little bit. But then when you get into the coaching side of it, and so you you learn the other side of the ball. And plus, if you're at a big place, like you mentioned Nebraska or whatever, I mean, those offensive coaches – might not have very much interaction with that defensive GA at all. So you kick him over to the other side of the ball. Well, it's a good career move for that GA because now there's a whole bunch of other coaches that, I mean, if you're a hard worker and get your stuff done and, and do what you're supposed to do, I mean, eventually all those coaches are going to leave and, 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 and branch off to other schools. And, uh, you know, if you're a guy that you've worked with him and you've, you've done a good job, well, those, those are other coaches that, you know, you could potentially get a job with. So, I think it's good, it's good for the career, you know, your career and your future, but it's also good just learning, learning ball. Coach, when, when you were a younger coach, you know, what what were some things,
2: you know, maybe some, some mistakes or missteps that you made that, you know, now kind of looking back at it, you know, there's things that you wish you would have known then that now you're a better coach and, and you know that those were mistakes you had. We got a lot of young coaches that listen, so maybe some advice or, or stories from, you know, you're, you're, starting out
1: to where you're at now. What have you kind of learned or what are some things you've changed? That's a good question. Um, I think it depends and people kind of, I think it depends on your, your ambition as a coach, you know, and, and really what you're trying to do. You know, are you trying to be an NFL guy? Are you trying to be a division one guy? Are you trying to be a high school guy? You know, everyone has a different ambition and, uh, you know, when I got in and I, I was kind of fortunate when I started out, I, I got right out of college. I, I went back to my junior college and they said, hey, you're calling plays. So, <laughs> I, you know, so, I, you know, my first year out, I was kind of there and I, I thought I knew I was doing. And looking back on it, I really didn't know what I was doing. Um, and, and we had some success and I kind of went from there. I never, I never really, I never really GA'd or worked my way. I kind of got thrown into it. So, and I, and I probably wasn't ready, but I thought I knew I was doing, and then, you know, when I was 28, I said, gosh, the, you know, the 22 year old me really didn't have a clue. When I was 28. I had it all figured out. And then the 35 year old me said that about the 28 year old me, you know, and then now I'm, I'm 41 now. And I said that about the 35 year old me, you know, the things that I've learned uh, just since becoming a head coach and, and doing some different things. And the more football you watch, I mean, you look back and sometimes you think you have it figured out. Um, you know, I think guys just need to work, kind of put their head down, do their job, get good at it, learn as much as they can. I think if they, you know, if you're, if your goal's to be a, I've kind of seen this with, I've kind of seen this with a lot of, a lot of different friends and and whatnot in their career. I mean, if your goal's to be a, if your goal's to be a division one guy or an NFL guy, you want to coach big time football, I think you got to get out and work for as many people as possible. I mean, I have a bunch of buddies that, 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 you know, are in the division one football now and they they may have went and GA'd three times at three different places and made as many contacts as they could. And they, you know, they worked for very little money, uh, and just did a really good job. And, you know, I think the, the more contacts you can make, you know, that's if, if your goal is to be a, you know, if you want to be a high school coach and this and that, I mean, I think you get out of college, start that. I mean, you know, I've kind of messed myself up. I've coached in a bunch of different states. I'm going to have to coach forever. I have no retirement. Yeah, you're not. going <laughs> mean, gonna ever get retired. <laughs> I mean, my so, retirement so, screwed up. I mean, I'm I'm going to be so a lifer it. at this deal. <laughs> so I mean, I'm going to be a lifer. I mean, I have I have three years in one state. I have six years in one state. I have I have four years where I'm at now, but I had five years in a separate retirement and a different deal. I mean, <laughs> uh, so going into the deal, I don't know if that was my plan is is to work forever, but now it's now it's, it has to be my plan. But, you know, I look at some of these other guys, I said, gosh, if I would have gotten to high school, right out of college, I'd, I'd be 55 and retired. You know, I could have double dipped at 55 years old. Um, but I look at it now and I'm gonna have to work another 30 years. So it is, it is what it is. I think you gotta, you gotta look at what your aspirations are and grind it out. Coach, I'm in the same
2: boat, man. But I know if if I would have done anything different, I I wouldn't be nearly as happy. I'd be a I'd be a miserable retired 55 year old.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know what I would do. I I'd, I'd like to at least I'd like to have the option. Yeah, I mean, I'd like right. to. I mean, I'd like to at least have the option whether to hey, I can retire if I want to, or I you know retire and get a little private school job and get paid twice, or move states, or do something. But I don't, you know, I don't think I get that option anymore. That's,
0: that's always a, the. Uh, that's always the. Old old timer Oklahoma move. I think they stay in Oklahoma until like the last three years, and they bump over to Arkansas, and and then that way they can pull the 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 Arkansas retirement. I don't know if it's Arkansas or Missouri. I think it's Arkansas, but
1: uh, that's what. Yeah, there's some of, there's some of them over here. There's there's a couple guys that I know. I know Rick Jones is over here, a good football coach, and have been, done a great job at Greenwood. He's an old Oklahoma guy. He is he was and, at uh, uh,
0: Broken Arrow. When I was that's which is where I went to high school and now it's where I coach. He was the head coach here at Broken Arrow and then we always go to his uh team camp in Spring.
1: Yeah, he does yeah, you know, he's he's uh we've sat down and talked several times. He's a, he does a good job. He does a good job with the program there.
0: He does. It, it's really cool when you're around really good coaches. Uh it, it's cool to see how well planned everything is you know that's that's one of the things that I, I look at head coaches uh, as a young guy so whether it means anything or not but uh to me it's kind of it's really cool to see the good head coaches are the ones that that everything seems to be you know this is where you know you look at a script for practice or something and it's okay at this time you're going to be here it never gets off it's these guys are gonna be at this part of the field, these guys are gonna be at this part of the field, and it's like every minute or every second is maximized and there's no questioning like, oh, are we down here this week? Are we or who are we working with, with the receivers? I mean, it's like it's right. not a question. It's all well known. Even at that camp, it's like it's it's you know, been planned out. You've had three or four different um, copies of things emailed to you, you know exactly where you're gonna be, then you're gonna to rotate to here and it's it's kinda of like clockwork, which is really pretty impressive, I think too, when you have so many other coaches coming from other schools that that aren't a part of your program for you to be able to set all that up that's always been you know impressive to me for any coaches that you know at any programs he does a great job there but at any program where that head coach just has everything set up exactly perfectly it may not perfect but everyone's on the same page they know exactly where they're supposed to be at all times
1: yeah it was you know when I, I went and talked to him I guess it was five you know five or six years ago I guess I went in there and uh, he wanted to talk some offensive stuff, so I went over there for a day and talked. And then when I got got this job, I, I kind of reached out to him and, uh, you know, because I'd never coached in high school before. So it was my first, you know, and I, now you're the head coach. And I looked around, and I was like, well, how? I mean, looking for some different practice organization. And it's like, well, now I got some a couple guys that, you know, I got these three guys that I want to run two ways, you know, on offense and defense. Right. You know, how, how do I get them reps or meeting, you know, so I kind of reached out to him and we talk some practice, uh, practice organization stuff. And what you said is him do a tease. Like, well, we do this for two and a half minutes yeah. and then we do this for two and a half minutes. And then we go to this and we do this for seven and a half minutes. And, you know, I thought my stuff was, was already, you know, we do go by periods and we try to stay on schedule. And when I think we do a pretty good job with it, but I don't know if I've ever done anything for two and a half minutes <laughs> uh, or, or, or seven and a half minutes. And it, you know, kind of made me question what I was doing a little bit. <laughs> we don't have
2: we don't enough guys to keep the time that would be half the problem. That's right.
1: You got to got to have have a special a special a special timekeeper.
0: Yeah. That's right. Well we, I went to OSU and they had like some of their periods were like like you said like 7 minutes, some of them were 20 minute periods. It was uh it was a little confusing. I'd never seen anything like that, but it's kind of an interesting thought of of how they do their periods. Not all the same time. If it's inside run, it's going to be that's going to be period 3 or whatever it is and it's going to be 15 minutes where indy might be period one but it's only 10 minutes so kind of an interesting way that they did it when we went down there
1: yeah they just you know we we a lot of times that's just me looking at my clock from you know i'll i'll look at my watch or my phone in my pocket and see what time it is and oh no we're two minutes over it's time to roll (laughs) you know i'm 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 our timekeeper a lot of times so uh (laughs) That's me too. I just haven't bought I just haven't bought one of that. I found other stuff to spend my money on than a period every time I go to buy one of those uh period keepers and I look at the price, I just said, Man, I can I can buy some more Ooh. footballs with you it's, know? it's brutal. Some of those I, are expensive. I can buy a couple I can go buy a couple more boxes of footballs and you know, in case we have a rain game.
0: Yeah, that's right. Well, coaches, if you're coaches, if you're listening to this, you go to Sideline Power, uh, one of our sponsors, and they they've got some some good <laughs> cheap ones. Uh, well, that's kind of also I wanted to bring us to uh, coaches, is we kind of got hooked up, you know, through CoachTube and, and through some of your courses. We got uh, you know uh, hooked up through those guys. So uh, I I'd kind of like to you know talk a little bit more maybe about about your courses just as far as like what made you decide to start putting those courses out there I think that's um I think it's a really big deal because I think it really just helps so many coaches I remember um I'm not you know super old I'm not I'm not you know I'm a younger guy so I don't remember really well before phones and and internet but I do a little bit when I was younger And, and it used to be extremely hard to find anything I remember when I was younger my mom used to – I'd ask her a question. She'd say, go, go ask your teacher. You know, but now it's um, – now, you know, you Google things. You can get on the internet. It makes it so so easy to learn things. So, uh, I think it's really cool that, that you decided to help out other coaches by putting some of your courses up there. What kind of made you decide to get into that and, and start breaking those down and making those available to other football coaches?
1: I'll I tell you what. It's a funny deal. You know, we mentioned back kind of when I first started coaching, it was around – I don't know what it was. It was the early two thousands, and you know we had had a lot of success offensively, and obviously with you know it starts with we had some really good players and some really fast guys. But you know we, we had some success, and so with that you know you're always getting phone calls, and a lot of the local high school guys would be, hey, what do you you know what what what's the secret formula? You know what what are you doing and, and and you know this and that and you know never really had huddled. I mean I was going no huddle back in like two thousand. Jeez. But I think the game changed, you know, in college when they changed the rule, I, I want to say it was maybe in 2008, where they changed the time to where the referee was just going to spot it and wind, it, wind the clock immediately. That, what that did was really allowed you to play fast. Um, you know, before you could go no huddle, but the ref would spot it and then he'd blow it live or whatever. But I think in 07, 08, somewhere around there when they changed that clock, it, it really allowed teams to play fast. So we'd had some success earlier and then oh seven, oh eight, somewhere in there had had some success. And But, but early in the 2000s, I remember sitting, it was me, myself and Scott Maxfield. We were sitting there. We said, man, we should put something together. We should put some kind of, uh, you know, I guess maybe champion systems did something. They'd send out that newspaper and you could buy some stuff. But I remember us saying, man, we, we should, we should have a clinic or, make VHS tapes and sell this stuff or whatever. And so it was funny. We we would joke about it. And uh we said, man, we'd probably get we'd probably make some pretty good money. We wouldn't even have to coach anymore. And uh a couple years later, I we started seeing Tony Franklin's stuff come out. And and we'd always joke. We'd be like, man, he stole our idea. <laughs> Could have been us. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he stole our idea. And this and and, and you would kind of see other people getting out, you would see some stuff and it was one of those deals. I mean, a lot of people have ideas, but you know, very few people actually execute on their ideas. It was one of those deals we hadn't really executed. Well, several, several years ago, I was sitting there and it was a summer and you know, you, you have some free time in summer. And I said, we had made a bunch of, we did a deal. You know, you only can do so much with the players in the summer in college, as far as you can't really meet with them. And, the rules changed in the last couple of years, but back then you couldn't really meet with them. The player workouts had to be kind of the strength coach could meet with them. The player workouts had to be kind of peer led. So we did, we made videos that we could, we made teaching videos that we went through the whole offense, the whole defense that the players could upload on their huddle. And they were like installation videos of everything. That was awesome. So we, we you know, since we couldn't meet with them, but we'd say, Hey guys, look, you know, go watch installation number one today. And it was myself on a dry erase board, talking to a camera, but teaching them just like what I was going to do day one of fall camp. So did a whole offense. And then I said, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this together. So I actually built a website. I had a guy help me. I built a website. And I kind of started doing the Scorched Earth offense packages. And it kind of, uh, there was only one or two people maybe doing it at the time. And it actually took off pretty good. Had, and I had – I ended up getting a bunch of clients, and it took off pretty good. And then about four or five years ago, Huddle kind of changed the way they did. They, they used to do those presentations. You could make those presentation windows and do it. And, right, and you, you could – You know, I, I found a way get
0: to get – over things, too, pretty easily. Yeah, yeah,
1: and you could do it, and I could – I found a way to get those and embed them into a web, a website and do it. And well, they changed their way and I'm not a computer guy enough to figure it out. I mean, I can do a little bit of stuff, but I I didn't have that kind of skill and, uh, kind of just let it go away. The website kind of go away. And I had just taken the head coach job here. So I'd switched jobs and, you know, my plate kind of got full trying to figure out how to win football games here and, uh, kind of let it uh, slip away. Well, then coach tube kind of got fired up and, had some people reach out to me and said, Hey, you know, you want to, you interested to do a course. And I said, well, I actually already have all the information for a course. I said, I have all my old teaching videos and this and that. And I said, Hey, that'll be, that'll be, you know, I don't, I don't plan on putting that website back up because I you know, it it was very time consuming with the keeping up of the website and trying to build a website. Like I said, I, you know, I can do a little bit of that, but not much. So I was able to put that stuff on coach tube and, uh, turned out to be a pretty good deal and you know I I did my first my my score strength offense passing game one which was kind of uh you know all the past concepts that that we had done you know throughout the years and then since then I've used some of my high school stuff as far as some of the stuff I mentioned us leading the state and rushing my first year here uh you know some of the stuff that was successful for us and that so I have a one that's uh attacking the perimeter cause we're, you know outside zone power read just di- different kind of ways to hor- horizontally stretch a defense uh some of the ways we do it and then i have one on on uh you know move using some motion the when we do motion the way we do it i mean there's a specific uh there's a specific rhyme and reason for the, for what we're doing and trying to do it simple and then the the last one i guess being the uh unusual formations which we talked about earlier so it was a way to for me to kind of uh, keep going with my website and, and help people. And, you know, you have so many people that reach out to you over the course of the year and coach, do you have any information on this? And, and so that was kind of a way to get
2: that done. Coach, I love it, man. I think it's, it's a great idea. And it's like you said, I mean, it, it can get a little bit repetitive, especially when you get, you know, a couple hundred, 300, 400 guys, all of a sudden, you know, kind of reaching out to you. And it's like, man, I, I, I don't have the time to to be able to send all these guys cut ups and be able to send all these guys installation things. It's like, hey man, it's all right here in a course. You can pick it up right here, and it, it makes it pretty simple. And then, obviously, if you have questions beyond that, it gets to be a little bit more in depth. But right. anyway, you know man. the way
1: with social media and stuff. You know, I mean, obviously, obviously the way Twitter works and, and stuff like that. And I mean, I know you guys do a lot of that stuff with people reaching out. You know, the you know I'll have people reach out to me on there, and you know I've always, you know. I think the way that, that we've always done stuff is a simple way, and that goes back to that junior college stuff that, that you talked about before. I mean, it mm-hmm. had to be simple. So, you know, we always wanted to play fast. We wanted to be simple and play fast and, and have a way to, to get your, your playmakers the ball. And, uh, you know, I never wanted to have a guy who's, a, you know, the best player on the team, and he touches the ball twice the game for whatever reason. So, it's uh, you know, we kind of started looking at that and just kind of put some stuff together.
0: Well, Coach, it's been an awesome hour. We're rolling a little bit over an hour, which is fine, but, uh, you know, kind of try to respect your time. Uh, last question I always like to ask coaches is, uh, you know, you watch a lot of football. You've seen a lot of football. When you're watching another team's offensive line, uh, what's some things they'd be doing that would make you think really highly of their offensive line coach?
1: I think the easy answer is probably just to say, old oh, guys, get after it and play hard. I, I always like to see guys, and I know it's going to sound simple, are they going to the right guy? I mean, are they blocking the right, I mean, are they blocking the right people, and are they moving in unison? I think as an offensive and I've always thought this, and, I, and this is, I don't, I'm not trying to dumb down the position, but if you get five guys that go to the right people and play really, really hard, you have a chance to have a really good offensive line. I mean, if you just get five guys that bust their tail and, and go to the right guy every time, you're going to have a chance to be the offensive line. So, you know, if you're running inside zone, are they all? Is it? Are they all moving together as one unit? You know, do they? Do they all have the same? That whatever. If you're teaching a six-inch step or you know, drop and pop or whatever your terminology, are they all doing it? Are they all moving together? And do they go to the right guys? I mean, it's obviously you want everyone to play hard and this and that, but, but you know, I'll see, I'll see, I'll see it every Saturday. I, I probably watch as much football as anybody in America. Um, as far as college football, I, I DVR all the games and throughout the week, I, I don't really watch NFL football, but I think probably over the last 20 years, I've probably watched as, as, as much video as anybody. And, uh, every Saturday I see guys just turn guys loose left and right. <laughs> and, uh, okay. big, big time programs. I mean, the biggest of the big time, you know, they'll be running inside zone and they'll turn the three technique losing for three technique loose. And I'm just watching. I go, what are they, you know, what are you doing? I mean, what are they, <laughs> I mean. Either you have too many calls, or I know you guys see the same stuff. Right. But then there's going to be some offense. You know, you'll have a a guy coming off the edge. I mean, are you guys zoning out to him, fanning it, whatever you want to call it, or are you letting him just scream off the edge and smoke the guy in the backfield? I mean, are they blocking the right guys? And I know that's simple, but I see guys every week not do it. And uh, there's a whole bunch of guys getting paid a whole bunch of money coaching really good football players that turn guys loose left and right. Coach, it was
2: it was brutal sometimes to sit there as, as a GA and you you break down hundred and twenty five games and you're like, Good Lord, do these guys block anybody? Is any is anyone yeah. coaching and you it's not some, you know, throwaway team. It's freaking Texas or it's Georgia. Right. You know, I mean you're like, yeah. This is this is ridiculous.
1: <laughs> I mean you can have all the I think you can have all the great hand placement, six inch step, get the second foot in the ground whatever cliche thing that uh, we're going to work these we're going to work these drills I'm kind of a chair drill guy hey line up a four two in front of me and we're going to walk through and go to the right guy on everything we do over and over and over and over and then you get those five guys playing real hard blocking the five guys they're supposed to you know I think that's kind of, I think a lot of times that's a lost art you know people want to get people want to get consumed with x's and o's and and how our punch is supposed to be and thumbs up and are we throwing a flipper or are we throwing a hand or you know what, what are we and they and they're flippering the wrong guy uh, so we that, just, we just, mean, just had
0: my, this conversation me and coach walls did the other day on a phone call you i, I couldn't agree any more with you coach i mean you're exactly right and you know you you're, you're teaching these kids got the best, you know, whatever, and he's going to the wrong guy. Well, your linebacker's still going free. You didn't block him at all. You know, it's just uh, – it's the most important part. If you don't know who you're going to, all the rest is a watch.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, I, you know, those teams that – I mean, you know what power's supposed to look like, and you know what zone's supposed to look like, and you know what – I mean, it could be what – whatever the scheme is. I mean, if you're – you know, whatever kind of pass protection is supposed to look like. I mean, yeah, they can look great doing it, but if they're not going the right guys, I mean, it's just – so, I mean, we do a lot of – we do a lot of, hey, make sure they're blocking the right guys and then kind of motivate them and, and, and put in your – build in your culture to make sure you get a bunch of guys that play really, really hard. And then we kind of – we kind of go backwards on that. And then we kind of teach technique. You know, we, we – I mean, you can – we want to make sure we're going – I know a lot of guys that will say, hey – Spring's the time we really work on technique, and summer's the time we really work. You know, we break it down. That's kind of the time where we learn what to do. Yeah. And then once we learn what to do, then we work on. Hey, are are you are you firing your hips? Are you you know whatever? So, and it's the same with receivers. It's the same with quarterbacks. It's the same with uh, DBs. It's the same with everything we do. We try to get them in the right place, doing the right thing, and then we try to get them better at how they do it.
0: as well as it allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.